Well, I'm Pastor Benny Perez, as Pastor Dustin has introduced me, and I'd want to let you know that Church 1132, you are one of my favorite churches that I get not only to come to, but to preach to. So you should give yourselves, come on, a five-second hand clap right now. Come on, get loud, Church 1132, because I am so glad that you are in church and you're watching this online or maybe even in the building. You know, great churches don't just pop up, but great churches are led. I want to give a big shout-out to your pastors. Come on, Pastor Dustin and Jamie Bates. I want to encourage all of us to continue to pray for our pastors. I asked my church to pray for me, and I'm asking you to pray for your pastors, Pastor uh, Dustin and Jamie. It's not easy to lead a church, especially during these times, but the Bible says to give honor to whom honor is due. So we want to just give a big hand clap. Come on to your pastors, your pastoral team, and, and everybody that's serving. Come on, even the volunteers. Come on. I, I just want to say, come on, let's give God some praise and, and be grateful for the team that God has put together at Church 1132. When Pastor Dustin asked me to speak, immediately I knew the message that I was going to speak that God put on my heart for your church. And today I want to talk to you about perspective about perspective. In the days in which we're living in, we need to have the right perspective because perspective is everything. If you want to put a title on the message, specifically, I want you to write down the title right now, Holy Spirit Perspective. Write that down. Holy Spirit Perspective. I want to pray. And when I pray, we're going to get right into the message. Father, thank you right now for the time that we have together. Thank you, Lord God, for your word. I pray that you speak to everyone that is watching right now. Today is a great day that they were going to be encouraged by the word of God. And I declare this right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, everybody said a big amen and amen. What is perspective? The question must be asked. Perspective isn't necessarily how you see something because perspective isn't that we think, oh, no, 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 I see something as it is. But real perspective is you don't see things as it is or as they are, but you see things as you are. It's not what you're seeing, but how you're seeing it. Because perspective really dwells within a person, within me and you. That's why you could have two people seeing the same thing, yet have a different perspective. Again, perspective isn't how something is. You are seeing things not as they are, but you're seeing things, watch me, write this down, as you are. As you are. So perspective is so important. The day which we're living in right now, we have perspectives, whether it comes due to the virus or to racial issues or to other situations that are rising in our nation right now. They are different perspectives. And if we're not careful, we will not see things, watch me, the way they really are, but the way that we are. We have to be careful that I don't approach a relationship and maybe my heart isn't right, or maybe I'm a little sideways, or, or maybe I think I'm right, or I think they're wrong, and I have to have the right perspective coming into a situation. So perspective is everything. And I want to emphasize that we should have a whole spirit perspective. Now, the question is, how is the perspective formed? How is a perspective formed? Four ways a perspective is formed. Number one, your perspective is, is shaped by your experiences, by your expectations, 
by your beliefs and by your culture. I'll say it again. Your, your, your perspective, my perspective, my perception is based upon my expectations, my experiences, my beliefs, and my culture. So we are shaped by our experiences, which now shape our perspective. I used to get mad at people that were negative. Why are you so negative? How come you're always so negative till I met their parents and their parents are negative. And not only their parents are negative, their other siblings are negative because they grew up and they experienced an environment that was negative. So they became a negative person. Conversely, I know people that are positive and they have a positive outlook. And when you meet their family members or, or meet people that are close to them, they have now experienced experience this positive environment which caused them to become possibly and most likely a positive person. So your experiences shape you and give you a perspective. Your expectations, what you expect, influences your perspective. Some people say, oh, no, it's a video message, and, and I'm getting tired of video messages, and, and man, it's not the same when, it, when it's in person. Well, if you're expecting it not to be the same, that's what you're going to get. Your perspective is shaped by your expectations. See, I believe and I expect when I come to church, whether I'm preaching or not, whether it's online or in person, I believe that God is going to speak. My perspective is shaped by my expectation. God you're going to move. God, you're good. God, you're going to do something. And when I have an expectation coming to church, coming to online, my perspective is a little bit different. Somebody could be watching the same message, coming to the same church, and they have a different expectation. Well, I don't think it's going to be that good. Well, it's online. Well, he's a guest speaker. He's not as good as Pastor Dusty. He's not as good as this. And your expectation now shapes your perspective. That's why. You can have two people listening to the same message from the same speaker, and yet they both have unique and possibly different perspectives. Why? Because their experiences. Why? Because of their expectation. What are you expecting God to do? I know we're in a, in a pandemic. I know things are tough. I know situations don't look good. But you have to have an expectation that no matter what the enemy does, come on, God can turn it around for good. Your perspective should be Filled with a Holy Spirit perspective, not a perspective that is based in just natural understanding, but understanding this, that now I'm supernatural in nature, and now I can have a supernatural perspective or a Holy Spirit perspective. Your experiences, your expectations, watch me, your beliefs. What are your core beliefs? My core belief is this, is God is good. And God isn't good when life is good. God is good no matter what life is doing to me. I have a core belief, and my belief now shapes my perspective. Do I have pain? Yes. Do I have disappointment? Yes. Do I have discouragement? Yes. Do I fight things in my mind and in my spirit? Yes. But my core belief is still that God is good good. So when I look at a situation and my belief is God is good, it shapes my perspective. I don't believe God is trying to get me. I don't believe God is trying to somehow get my attention. I believe that God is good. And yes, he can use even things I don't like to benefit me, but it doesn't change his character. His character is 
good. It's not an attribute. It is who God is. God is good and God is love. What is your belief system? I choose to believe that my best days are still ahead of me. I choose to believe that no matter what is happening with this pandemic, no matter what is happening in my own life, no matter what trials or situations that I may be going through or you may be going through, watch, my perspective is that my God will bring me through every situation. That's when you look at the life of Joseph who had this great dream in the book of Genesis. He was the young man that had the coat of many colors. And he had this great vision, this dream that he was going to be this person that God used to change the world. And he shared his dream with the wrong people. Be careful that you don't share your dream with dream killers. People that don't support your dream, don't believe in the God-given dream. He shared it. And you know the story for some of you. His brothers got angry and jealous and, and they put him in a pit and sold him into slavery. And this great dreamer named Joseph could get discouraged and begin to believe, wait a second, God, you're, you're not that good. And, and God, why are you doing this to me? And, and God, why are you allowing this? And God, this isn't fair. This isn't right. I, I don't know what's happening, God. But he refused to allow his circumstances to tell him what he believed about God. No matter where Joseph ended up, whether it was the pit or the prison, it says this, and God was with him. And because God was with him, watch, God favored him. Wherever he was, God was with him in the prison. And you know what happened? In the prison, the place where you wouldn't think there would be promotion, he got promoted. In a pit, God took care of him. Why? Because the presence of God in your life is the indication of favor in your life. I want to speak to somebody right now. You're going through something. You're going through a trial. You're going through a dark time right now. I'm here to tell you, quit asking God to take you out of the situation and believe that God is in your situation. I know you don't want to be in the fire furnace. Neither do I. But if I'm in a fiery furnace, thank God that God's in the furnace with me. Somebody got to give God a five-second praise break right now. This is so important. What is your core belief? Since the age of 10, I've been tithing, giving my first 10% to God. You cannot shake me from it. You could tell me it's not biblical. You could tell me it's this. You could tell me it's that. But since the age of 10, how many years is that, Pastor Benny? I don't know, about 35? <laughs> Maybe a little bit more. You cannot shake me because it's a belief. Even when I didn't have enough, I still tithe. Even when it didn't look good, I still tithe. You want to know why? Because I believe, come on, God is my source and God is my provider. Come on, Church 1132. I know it's tough for some of us in the economy. I know some of us have lost our job. But just because we lost our job, come on, somebody, we did not lose our provider. Your beliefs. Shape your perspective. And lastly, your experiences, expectations, beliefs, your culture, the culture. I'm Hispanic Latino. My wife is Caucasian. She grew up in the Pacific Northwest. I grew up in East LA. Come on, somebody. And our culture shapes our perspective. How you view life is your culture is important to your perspective. So let me just say it to you this way. I am not a, a, a white person, so I don't know what it's like to grow up as a white Caucasian person. My wife does. I am a brown man growing up in America. So my perspective 
may be different. And I want to just say this, Church 1132, it's okay for us to be at a table and have what I call courageous conversations. That we stand, we could sit at a table and discuss things, and just because we may have different opinions doesn't make us adversarial. It makes us human. Did you catch that? It doesn't make us adversarial because we don't agree on certain things. It makes us human. But understand your ethnicity, your culture, how you were raised does impact your perspective. That's why I love sitting down with people. And I want to say, tell me about your life. Tell me how you grew up. People in my church, and I'm shocked. I did not know that their mom and dad died when they were young. I did not know that they were on their own since the age of 15. I did not know because I didn't grow up in the area they grew up in or grew up in this town they grew up in or grew up in the culture they grew up in. That's how your perspective is shaped. Now, Pastor, you're spending a lot of time on this. I mean, you know, you just got a few more moments and, and you're spending a lot of time. Then why is this important? Because perspective must be based on something, watch me, that is eternal, not temporal. It cannot be based on a political party. It cannot be based on just, on just what is in today and is out tomorrow. We've got to have a Holy Spirit perspective. In the book of uh, Genesis chapter 1, I want to call your attention now to the scripture. In Genesis chapter 1, It says this, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was void and darkness covered the face of the deep. But it says, but the Holy Spirit, watch me, hovered above the waters. The Holy Spirit was above everything. Now, let me call your attention to the book of John, book of John chapter 14. I'm going to read you a few verses here. And it says this, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments, Jesus speaking, and I will give and I will ask the father and he will give you another helper. To be with you forever. Watch. It says this. Even the spirit of truth. Watch that the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Now we're going to skip down to verse 25. Jesus speaking to disciples says, these things I've spoken to you while I'm still with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send you in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So why is this verse important? Well, we have to go back to the book of Genesis chapter 1, and in there, this is the beginning of everything. It says this. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Our perspective, if it is a Holy Spirit perspective, is that God began everything. We don't believe in a big bang. Come on, we believe in a big God. We believe that God literally spoke out of nothing, and now he brought everything that we see in the beginning, God. Somebody say that with me. In the beginning, God. What do you do? He created the heavens and the earth. So everything begins with God. God is the starter of everything that we see. And so it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And it says this, and the earth was void and formless, and darkness covered the face of the deep. Now, I wanted to call something to your attention. It says that God created everything, and then the very next verse, it says there was darkness, voids, chaos, confusion. So let me just submit something, Church 1132, to you, is that I I do not believe that God creates chaos. In fact, God is a God of order. God is a God of purpose. God is a God of design. 
So I actually believe in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, and what it says, when God created the heavens and the earth, I believe that everything was created perfect, designed, purposeful. It was planned out. Because I don't believe that God would create the chaos and confusion. So I begin to do some study, and I begin to realize something, that there are some scholars that would say between verse 1 and verse 2, that is where Satan, Lucifer, rebelled, and he got cast down into the earth, and that he began now to ravage the earth, and that now the enemy, watch, caused the chaos and confusion, and the darkness was covering the face of the deep. Now, you could say, I don't know if I agree with that or I don't agree with that, but I believe it points to something even more powerful because we must believe this, that when God starts something, he has a divine plan, he has a divine purpose, he has a divine order. Now, why is this significant? Because only God is the one that is the alpha and the omega. God has the audacity to name himself. He says, I'm the beginning and I am the end. The enemy, Lucifer, the devil, is not the beginner. And if the devil doesn't begin something, come on, somebody, he cannot end something. We've got to quit uh, giving the enemy power as if he began something. He didn't say, you know, the devil began a good work. He is faithful to complete it. It says that God, when he begins a good work in you, he is faithful to complete it. Why is that significant? Because this is the way we need to have a view of life. We need to have a perspective. And the perspective is this, that God begins something. Watch. And because God begins it, he ends it. But God does something a little bit different. See, this is what we do. I want to give you perspective. Perspective is this. Perspective is, well, I'm going to begin something, right? I'm going to begin exercise routine because it's January 1st. And by the time I get to December 31st, man, I'm going to be in shape. And all of us have done that over and over again because we live in a, in a linear line of time. So we begin hoping to end. We begin the eating plan, come on, hoping to end it well. That's the way we do life, but we cannot view God that way. God does not, watch, begin something hoping to end it. In fact, God says, I call those things that be not as though they were. I call the end from the beginning. So what does that mean? God works differently. God says, okay, I've already completed something. And if I complete something here, I back up and I begin it. Did you catch the difference? We begin hoping to end. God, watch me, has ended it, so he begins it. So why is that significant? It should give you hope and me hope. Whatever God has begun in your life. Come on, you could take it to the bank, baby, that he is going to finish, come on, what he has started because he already finished it. It says this, that even before the foundations of the earth, that it says that the son of God was crucified, that God had the plan in place to redeem mankind before creation was. Why? Because God, watch me, he knows the end and he backs up and he does the beginning. So watch me, if God started church 1132, come on, he's going to finish church 1132. When God spoke to me and said, start, you and Whitney 
Lady Star Church LV 17 years ago. It's not, well, I wonder if we're going to make it. God said, no, no, no. In my heart, in my mind, it's already complete. And we've been through a lot of situations. And we've been through some valleys. And we've been through some, some mountaintops. But I have to rest in the fact that God... If you started it, it means you've already completed it. Come on, somebody give God a big amen right now because you need to catch this perspective. Now, why is this significant? Because when you read Genesis chapter 1, talking about Holy Spirit perspective, when you read Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was void, formless, and darkness covered the face of the deep. If the verse stopped there, it would be discouraging, depressing. It doesn't look good, but what does it say? And it says this, and the Holy Spirit, the Spirit was hovering, watch me, above the situation, above the darkness, above the chaos. Man, I feel something. Above all the pandemic. Come on, above all the stuff that's happening in the world today. That the Holy Spirit is above. That means God is above. That, that, that means that God, watch me, that we have to have our eyes on that which is above. And if God is above, and now Jesus is in me, and I'm in Jesus, and now Jesus is seated in heavenly places. What does Scripture teach us? In Ephesians, it says that we are now seated with Christ, watch me, in heavenly places. So our perspective is not earth to heaven. Watch me. Holy Spirit perspective is heaven to earth. I view the same thing, but from a different seat. The mountain looks large if I'm earth to heaven, but the mountain looks small when it's heaven Come on, somebody, to earth. That's why Jesus emphasized perspective in his prayer that he taught his disciples. He said, pray this, pray your kingdom come, your will be done, Father, on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, heaven, invade the earth. Let me say it to you this way. Don't let the world filter the word of God. Let the word of God filter the world you're living in today. So good. Don't just let what the doctors say filter the word, but let the word of God filter what the doctors have said. It is a Holy Spirit perspective because you and I, I am now seated, watch this, with Christ in heavenly places. Somebody say above. Come on, say it louder. Say it. Say above. And when we realize we're above, we have a different perspective. You know, many times when I'm flying out of Las Vegas, it's amazing to see how big those casinos look. Even from the runway, they still look pretty large. As I'm taking off, if I'm on the earth looking at the Las Vegas Strip, it looks large. But when I now come back to Las Vegas and I'm getting ready to land and now watch, I'm heaven looking down to earth. The same Las Vegas Strip looks so much smaller. Did the Las Vegas Strip change? Did Caesar's Palace, the wind, 
the Bellagio, the Aria, did any of those casinos shrink in size? The answer is no. They never changed. What changed was my perspective. I was viewing it now from heaven down to earth. Can I tell you this? When you have a heavenly perspective, the things you're viewing right now on the earth will grow smaller and smaller because you realize I'm seated in heavenly places. Write this down. Because where you sit determines what you see. And what you see determines how you respond. Say that again. Where you sit determines how you see. And how you see determines how you respond. Many years ago, I was in the UK, London. And Wendy was with me and Bella, BJ, and Benaiah were with us. And I was preaching in the UK and other countries in Europe. And we were in London, one of my favorite cities. Come on, shout out if you're from London or you're watching right now online campus. Come on, Church 1132, right? And uh, I, I love that, that city. You can literally walk everywhere. You don't really need a car there. And one of my friends said the best way to see all the sights is to get on a double-decker red bus. It's called the Big Red Bus. And so I remember that I told our family, I said, okay, guys, tomorrow we're going to get on the Big Red Bus. And sure enough, we got up early and we got to the bus stop and we bought, uh, we got in line and, and here comes the red bus. And so the first bus that came, we got on and we walked to the very top, realizing that the double-decker bus, the top was occupied. There was no seats there. So we had to sit on the lower level of the bus. I remember getting on that bus and I said, it's okay, kids, it's all good. It's probably rain. It's going to rain anyway. So we're better on the, on the lower level. So we began to go throughout London and the driver was our tour guide, and he begins to say, look at Buckingham Palace, and look at, look at, look at you know, Big Ben, and, and he's calling all these sites. Now, the problem was is that we were on the lower level, and my kids were complaining, Dad, we can't see, we can't see. What do you mean you can't see? You know, let me, let me get in that seat. And I got in the seat, and, and, and I'm, I'm pressing my, my face on the glass, trying to see what he was saying. But I couldn't see what, what, he, what he was saying because my seat was on the lower level. It was frustrating to listen and to hear what the guide was saying, but me and my family not being able to see it. We got off that bus. I was very frustrated, and so I came up with the plan. The next day, we were going to get back on that bus, but we were not going to get on the bus unless we saw that there were seats that were open on the second level. Sure enough, a bus came full. Next bus full. Third bus is coming around the corner. I said, this is it, guys. This is it. We're going to jump on that bus and head right up, and we're going to get seats on the second level. So the bus stopped. Door opened up. There goes BJ, my oldest son. And there goes Bella and Benaya and Wendy, and, and I pay, and and we make it up to the very top, and we have these incredible seats. And now watch. We're going down the same streets in the same bus, looking at the same sights. But because we were seated on the second level, what we saw was different because we were sitting was different, and we responded differently. I was saying, well, that's what he meant. 
Wow, I see it now. Wow, this is amazing. Wow, I did not even know. And my kids' response was so different than the day before. Why? Well, we're on the same bus, going down the same streets, seeing the same sights, but we are now seated on the upper level. Or you know where I'm going with this right now. Can I tell you right now, when you have a Holy Spirit perspective and the Word of God begins to speak to you, you could begin to say, you know what? I see what God is saying right now. I choose to sit on an upper seat. I choose to sit on a seat that is higher. I choose to sit on a seat now that, watch me, I could see from heaven to earth. I could see from a different perspective perspective. What is your perspective? What is your perspective? My perspective is, is that God, I believe you're big. God, I believe you're in control. God, I believe in the best. God, I believe that no matter what I see, even if I'm on the first level, come on, God, you have me seated in heavenly places. God, I believe that you're working all things out for my good. I believe no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. I believe that every tongue that rises up in judgment, God, you shall condemn. I believe, Lord God, that you are working all things out in my life. Holy Spirit perspective. I'm telling you right now, I'm speaking to you right now in Dallas. I'm speaking to you wherever you're watching this online right now. And I'm telling you right now that we are seated in the heavenly realm. Quit living life on a natural realm when you're supernatural in origin. God did not die for you to get by. God died for you to overcome. He didn't die for you and rise from the dead so you could just barely make it and just barely get through life. No, you are more than a conqueror. He died and rose again and empowered you. How? By the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want to say to you this way, the same Holy Spirit that was in Jesus is the same Holy Spirit that is in you. It is not a different spirit. It is the same spirit. And that same Holy Spirit is moving right now. The same Holy Spirit is is, is acting right now. The same Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now. And I declare and I prophesy right now, eyes be open to see with the eyes of faith. I speak to your heart. I speak to your mind. I speak to the innermost being of who you are. And I say, peace be still. I say right now in the name of Jesus that you are not going to go under, you're going over. I declare in the name of Jesus that the enemy has overplayed his hand. And I declare right now that better days are coming. I declare right now that God is working. I declare right now that you're in the fire, but he's in the fire with you. I declare right now you're in the valley, but he's in the valley with you. I declare the word of God over your life right now. He says, even when you walk through the fire, you won't be burned. Even when you go through the flood, you will not drown. Why? Because God is is with you. Holy spirit perspective. I'm telling you this is so powerful because I have to live by what I'm preaching to you. Jesus, now let's go to the New Testament. Jesus has been with disciples for a number of years now, and he's getting them ready as he's getting ready to transition. And he says that it's important for me to leave because if I leave, the, the Father's going to send you another spirit, a spirit like me, the Holy Spirit, triune Godhead. And he says in the book of John, we read it. He says, the Holy Spirit is coming. He's not just going to come on you. He's going to come in you. This 
was a radical statement that shifted their perspective because these Jewish men understood how the Holy Spirit comes on people. They saw that in the old covenant. They saw that with Samson, the Holy Spirit came on him. They saw with men and women of old when the Holy Spirit came on somebody. But Jesus didn't say, no, no, no. It's not just the Holy Spirit coming on you. The Holy Spirit coming in you. The presence of God coming in you. This shocked the minds and the perspective of these first century disciples. Because the only place the physical manifest presence of God was dwelling was in the Holy of Holies in the temple. And only one man once a year could come in if he did the right things. What is Jesus saying? Jesus is giving them another perspective. I want you to know, Jesus is saying, the Holy Spirit is not just on you. Come on, the Holy Spirit is in you. Now we dwell. Come on, with God, not just on us, but God in us. God not just on us, but God in us. Holy Spirit perspective that God is living within you, that God is living within me. The perspective now is not that I'm weak and I cannot do it. Oh, that's true. Apart from God, you can do nothing. But with God, come on, you can do all things. With God, you can do all things. What are you saying, Pastor Benny? What are you going through? What's happening? What challenges are before you? Are you just seeing the darkness, the voids, the chaos, confusion? Or are you realizing that God is still above? God's still moving. And God's still doing something. I want to encourage you, Church 1132, that God's perspective is different when you sit in the seat he's given you. I want to speak Holy Spirit perspective. Don't let people pull you into perspective that is negative, critical, angry. Don't let what people did to you cause you to mess up your heart. I know the relationship didn't work out. Maybe your spouse left you. Maybe you lost your job. But what is your perspective? Let's keep the perspective that God, you're above, I'm above. God, you're working it out. I'm trusting you right now. I'm going to live, watch me, from heaven to earth, not from earth to heaven perspective. I pray that this message has encouraged you. And I pray right now that this coming week, when you're facing something, you're going to say, nope, Holy Spirit perspective. And you take the word of God and you begin to let it show you how to view life. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for this great church that you allow me to preach to. I pray that you speak, Lord God, to all of us and let us be all that you have called us to be. I pray right now the eyes be open to understand the hope of their calling. And I declare this in Jesus' name. Everybody said, come on, a big amen. Amen. Come on, give God a big hand clap right now. Come on, Church 1132.